Chapter 19 The Queen of Sheba, Solomon's Pupil Queens have many cares, and they have countless duties and engagements, but the Queen of Sheba neither considered it beneath her dignity to search into the wisdom of Solomon, nor a waste of valuable time to journey to his dominions. How many offer the vain excuse that they cannot give due attention to the religion of Jesus Christ for lack of time? They say that they have a large family, or a very difficult business to manage. This woman rebukes such people, for she left her kingdom and threw off the cares of state to take a long journey so that she might listen to the royal sage. Her royal court was undoubtedly already stored with wisdom. The princes of the eastern realms were always careful to gather to themselves a band of wise men who found in their patronage both provisions and honor. In the court of such a great lover of learning as the Queen of Sheba was, there would certainly be a little society of magi and wise men. However, not being content with what she already knew, she was determined to search after this divine wisdom about which she had heard the fame. In doing so, she rebukes those of you who think you know enough, and who suppose that your own homespun intelligence will suffice without sitting at the feet of Jesus. If you dream that human wisdom can be a sufficient light without receiving the brighter beams of revelation, if you say these things are for the unintelligent and for the poor, we won't listen to them, then this queen, whose court was full of wisdom, yet who left it all to find the wisdom that God had given to Solomon, rebukes you. The wisdom of Jesus Christ as much surpasses all human knowledge as the sun outshines a candle. There can be no comparison, although there is much contrast. He who will not come to the fountain that brims with wisdom, but trusts to his own leaking cisterns, will wake up too late to find himself a fool. Consider, too, that the queen came from a very great distance to hear the wisdom of Solomon. The journey from Arabia Felix, or from Abyssinia, whichever the country may have been, was a long and dangerous one. It was a much more serious matter than it would be in these times. Performed by the slow process on the backs of camels, the journey must have taken a very long time. Coming from the uttermost parts of the earth, as Matthew says, Matthew 12, 42, there were doubtless mountains to be climbed, if not seas to be navigated, and deserts to be crossed. But none of these difficulties could keep her back. She heard of wisdom, and wisdom she will have. So she boldly set out on the journey with her large entourage, no matter how far she may have to travel. Very many people have the gospel brought to their doors, yet will not leave their chimney corners to listen to it. The Queen of Sheba, toiling across the desert, and of the weaker gender though she was, shall rise up in the judgment against those who neglect the great salvation and who treat the Saviour as though it were nothing to them that Jesus would die. Matthew 12:42 Don't forget also that this woman was a foreigner to Solomon and that she had a religion already probably one of the older forms of idolatry perhaps the sabian worship of the sun many people argue in these times are you trying to have me change my religion yes that is what i want if your religion is false if your religion has not changed you i want you to change your religion for a religion that does not renew a man's character and make him holy, that does not change his beliefs and make him rest upon Christ, 
that does not make a completely new man of him from top to bottom is a religion of no value, and the sooner he gives it up, the better. Because my mother or my grandmother happened to be blind, why am I to be blind too if there is sight to be had? Remember, to your own master you stand or fall on your own account. Romans 14, 4. Each soul enters through the gate of life alone, and it departs alone through the iron gate of death. Every person should search in solitary earnestness, apart from the rest of the world, to know what the truth is, and, knowing it, it is his duty to come out alone on the Lord's side. Yes, we would like you to give attention to the things of God even though you might have been brought up in other customs and have honestly followed another form of religion. Try the spirits whether they are of God. 1 John 4, 1. If your soul has been deceived, there is still time to be set right. May God help you that you may find out the truth. It is worthy of observation that this woman, the Queen of Sheba, coming from afar, made a journey that cost her very much expense. She came with a great entourage, with camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones. She looked upon the treasures of her kingdom as only valuable because they would cause her to be admitted into the presence of the keeper of the storehouse of wisdom. Our Lord Jesus Christ asks nothing of people except their hearts. He doesn't sell the truth to any of them, but gives it freely, without money and without price. Isaiah 55, 1. If people will not have it, if they refuse to lend their ears and to give their thoughts to divine things, will they not be utterly inexcusable when this heathen queen will rise up and declare that she gave her rubies and her pearls, her spices and her camels to King Solomon so that she might learn his human wisdom? The gospel presents freely to every needy soul just that which he requires. It cries, He that hath no money, come ye, buy, and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Isaiah 55, 1. If you have refused the invitation of Christ's gospel, you may well tremble at the thought that the Queen of Sheba will rise up in judgment against you. Note that this queen had received no invitation. King Solomon never asked her to come. She came unsought for and unexpected. You, however, have been asked to come. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Revelation 22, 17. The Bible is God's written invitation, and you may search it if you will. Therefore, if you who received invitations and were urged with line upon line and precept upon precept, Isaiah 28, 10, 13, will not come when God's providence brings the gospel to your very gates, if you will not seek King Jesus, then you indeed will be condemned by this Queen of Sheba. The object that she journeyed after was vastly inferior to that which is proposed to our inquiry. We urge the careless soul to consider the Son of God. The Queen of Sheba went that distance to see a Son of Man. She journeyed all that way to see one who was wise himself, but who had power to impart only a very small portion of his wisdom. We, however, invite the sinner to come to one who is made of God unto us wisdom and righteousness and a sanctification and redemption. 1 Corinthians 1.30
We tell him that Christ is ready to give all that he has, that his abundance is only an abundance for others, and that his fullness is that out of which all of us have received. John 1, 16. The Queen of Sheba went to hear a man who had wisdom. But we plead with you to come to one who is wisdom, wisdom itself consolidated. Do you talk of the royalty of Solomon? We invite you to a greater king than he, one who is Lord of heaven and earth and hell. Do you speak of Solomon's riches? We tell you of one who has unspeakable riches of grace and glory. It's true that the Queen of Sheba might benefit by the journey, but that was only a probability. Whosoever comes to Christ, however, becomes rich to all the intents of delight. No soul ever transacted with our Solomon without being at once enriched. If he came empty-handed, poor, weak, naked, and sinful, to accept from our Jesus his great salvation, he was never sent away empty. Let us now observe, to this Queen's worthy commendation, how she conducted the inquiry. Observe that she did it in person. She didn't appoint an ambassador to go and search into the matter, but personally and on her own account she set out to see Solomon himself. Was it not the Duke of Wellington who, on one occasion, rebuked one of his officers for criticizing the Bible by asking him if he had ever read it, and when the other honestly confessed that he had not, he showed him how ignoble it was to find fault with that which he did not understand. Most people who object to the religion of Christ have never investigated it. I'm sure that no one has ever had an intelligent idea of the person of the Savior and of the graciousness of His work who could ever think or speak against Him afterward. Isaac Watts is correct when he says, His worth, if all the nations knew, Sure, the whole world would love him too. Footnote This is from a hymn by Isaac Watts, 1674 to 1748, that begins with The Wandering World Inquires to Know. The Queen went first of all to Solomon. She went and she went to Solomon. The way to learn the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ is to go to him. She told him all that was in her heart. This is the way to know the Lord. Tell Him all that is in your heart, your doubts, your fears, your hardness of heart and impenitence. Confess it all. That person is near to knowing Christ who begins to know Himself. He who will confess as much as he knows of his own corruption and depravity, of his sinfulness and needs and inabilities, will soon have a gracious answer of peace. Don't wait simply because your heart is wicked. It is more wicked than you think it is, but go with it just as it is, and tell Jesus everything. Are you like the woman with the issue of blood? I implore you to tell him all the truth, and he will say, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Mark 5.33-34 Why do you try to hide anything from omniscience? He knows the corners of your heart. The deep places and the dark places thereof are in his hands. If you would tell him everything, he already knows it. So why then do you hesitate? Tear off the veil from your heart, and then you will find mercy. Moreover, the Queen of Sheba proposed to Solomon her hard questions. I don't know what they were, and I don't particularly care. 
The Jewish rabbis have invented a few very stupid ones that they say were her hard questions. I know, though, that if you come to our Solomon, to Christ, these will be your hard questions. My Lord, how can mercy and justice kiss each other? How can God forgive sin and yet punish it? Jesus will point you to his wounded hands and feet. He will tell you of his great atonement, how by a substitution God is fearsome in his justice and boundless in his love. Then you will ask him the question, How can a sinful creature be accepted in the sight of a holy God? He will tell you of his righteousness, and you will see how a sinful person, covered with the imputed righteousness of the Redeemer, is as acceptable before the Lord as though he had never offended. You will say to him, Can you tell me, Jesus, how it is that a weak soul with no power will still be able to fight with the devil and overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil? Jesus will answer, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength will be perfect in your weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. All the difficult questions will be answered. This good woman, in pursuing her inquiry, listened carefully to what Solomon told her. It is said that he told her all her questions. 1 Kings 10, 3, 2 Chronicles 9, 2. There is a blessed communion between Christ and a trembling soul. If you will tell him all your failings, he will tell you all his merit. If you will tell him your weakness, he will tell you all his strength. If you will tell him your distance from God, he will tell you his nearness to God. If you will show him how hard your heart is, he will tell you how his heart was broken, so that you might live. Don't be afraid. Simply make a clear revelation to him and trust in him, and he will make a sweet revelation to you. The Queen of Sheba then did what was the best proof of her truthfulness. She gave to Solomon of her treasures. She gave the king a hundred and twenty talents of gold and of spices very great store, and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as these which the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. 1 Kings 10, 10. Those who know the beauty of Christ give him all they have. There are no such spices as those that come from newly converted souls. Nothing gives Christ greater delight than the love of his people. We think that our love is a very poor and common thing, but he does not think so. He has set such a value on us that he gave his heart's blood to redeem us, and now he looks upon us as being worth the price he paid. He will never think that he made a bad bargain of it, and he looks upon every grain of our love as being even choicer spices than archangels before the throne can render to him in their songs. What are we doing for Christ? Are we bringing him our talents of gold? Perhaps you don't have a hundred twenty talents, but if you only have one, bring that. You may not have very many spices, but bring what you have. Bring your silent, earnest prayers, your holy, consistent life, the words you sometimes speak for Christ, the training up of your children, the feeding of his poor, the clothing of the naked, the visitation of the sick, the comforting of his mourners, the winning of his wanderers, the restoring of his backsliders, and the saving of his blood-bought souls. 
All these will be like camels laden with spices, an acceptable gift to the Most High. After the Queen of Sheba had given Solomon her gifts, Solomon made her a present of his royal bounty. She lost nothing. She gave all she had, and then Solomon gave her just as much again. For I will be obliged to say that King Solomon was such a noble-hearted prince, and was so rich that he would not be outdone in generosity. I tell you that Jesus Christ will never be in your debt. It is a great gain to give to Christ. We give Him pennies, and He gives us dollars. We give Him years of labor, and He gives us an eternity of rest. We give Him days of patient endurance, and He gives us ages of joyous honor. We give Him a little suffering, and He gives us great rewards. Scripture, I reckon that the sufferings of this present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans 8, 18. Besides what He gives us in the covenant of grace, notice that He does for us what Solomon did for her. He gives us all that is in our heart, all that we can desire. What a king our Savior is, who will not let His people have one ungratified wish if that wish is a good one. Knock, and the gate will open. Matthew 7, 7. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it, says the Lord, Psalm 81, 10. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Matthew 9, 29. What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Mark 11, 24. What precious promises! And all these are given to those who come with a humble inquiry, willing to get Christ first, and then to get the rest afterward.